Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of H2 blockers found under the gastrointestinal section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A G1P0 patient presents to the obstetrics ward for induction of labor. Six hours after placement of an epidural, the fetal heart tracings reveal late decelerations. The obstetrician on call consents the patient for cesarean delivery. The patient last drank fluids four hours ago and has no significant drug allergies. For aspiration prophylaxis, the anesthesiologist administers the patient a combination of oral sodium citrate, intravenous metoclopramide, and intravenous ranitidine. Let's continue with an introduction to H2 blockers. In terms of their mechanism of action, they indirectly inhibit proton pumping by blocking stimulation via H2 receptors on parietal cells and enterochromaffin-like cells. This leads to a decrease in proton secretion by parietal cells. It has no effect on gastric emptying time. Clinically, they are used for peptic ulcers, aspiration prophylaxis, gastritis, GERD, and Zollinger-Ellison syndrome. In terms of their toxicity, cimetidine is a potent inhibitor of P450. It has anti-androgenic effects which may result in gynecomastia, impotence, and a decreased libido in males. It crosses the blood-brain barrier, which may result in confusion, dizziness, and headaches. It crosses the placenta, and it may cause thrombocytopenia. Cimetidine and ranitidine decrease creatinine clearance, and other H2 blockers have fewer side effects. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to H2 blockers, Let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 55-year-old man presents to the emergency department with a rash. He states that it started yesterday and has not improved since. He works as a computer scientist and has struggled with his weight and exercise regimen. He recently started seeing a primary care doctor who diagnosed him with reflux and depression, and started him on cimetidine and fluoxetine, respectively. He also uses nicotine patches and gum, and he is trying to quit smoking. His temperature is 97.6 degrees Fahrenheit, or 36.4 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 139 over 84. Pulse is 90 beats per minute. Respirations are 17 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam reveals an obese man with petechiae diffusely on all extremities. Laboratory studies are ordered, which demonstrate a hemoglobin of 14, hematocrit of 41%, leukocyte count of 6,500, and a platelet count of 47,000. Serum sodium is 140, chloride is 100, potassium is 4.3, bicarbonate is 25, BUN is 25, glucose is 145, creatinine is 1.2, and calcium is 10.2. Which of the following is the most appropriate management of this patient? And the answer choices are, choice one, bone marrow biopsy. Choice two, change home medications. Choice three, prednisone. Choice four, repeat platelet count in one week and advise the patient to avoid contact activities. Or choice five, splenectomy. The best answer to this question is, choice two, change home medications. This patient was recently started on cimetidine 
and is now presenting with petechiae and a decreased platelet count. This reaction is most likely secondary to a cimetidine, which can cause thrombocytopenia. Thrombocytopenia and platelet dysfunction classically present with petechiae and platelet-style bleeding, which includes bleeding from the mucosal surfaces, including epistaxis, gingival bleeding, GI tract bleeding, and vaginal bleeding. There are many possible causes, including idiopathic, immunologic destruction, consumption secondary to activation of the coagulation cascade, and medication-induced. Cimetidine is an H2 blocker used to treat reflux disease with side effects that include gynecomastia and thrombocytopenia. These side effects should resolve with cessation of the drug. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Bone marrow biopsy would be indicated in the workup of malignancy, as bone marrow infiltration may cause thrombocytopenia. However, prior to such an invasive process, it is first wise to eliminate other causes of thrombocytopenia. Similarly, it is unlikely that isolated thrombocytopenia would be the only finding in malignancy. Choices 3 and 5. Prednisone and IVIG are the first-line treatments for thrombocytopenia in immune thrombocytopenic purpura, which presents with isolated thrombocytopenia, petechiae, and mucosal surface hemorrhage. Severe, refractory, and persistent cases may be treated with splenectomy. However, this is a last-line intervention given it will cause lifelong susceptibility to bacterial infections from encapsulated organisms. Choice 4. Repeating platelet count in one week and advising the patient to avoid contact activities could be appropriate in mild cases of immune thrombocytopenic purpura, as this condition will resolve in many cases on its own. Patients with platelet counts greater than 50,000 without ongoing bleeding do not require further intervention and should only be advised to avoid contact activities that could cause bleeding. In this case, the patient has a medication that could be causing its symptoms. Thus, this should be discontinued or changed first. Finally, a bullet summary. Cimetidine can cause thrombocytopenia. That's all for this review about H2 blockers. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.